Welcome back. Welcome in. It's another episode of the Third Degree Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Stanley. I'm here, as always, with my dear friend, Dylan Meadows. And this week, we have a very special guest, a favorite of mine for many, many years as a passionate, diehard Eagles fan. Um, someone that I've gone to to get my emotions out, hear his side of the, ta- of the tape, um, you know, everything and anything birds football. That's Mr. John Barchard of the Bell and the Birdman show, also CEO of Sandbox Productions. John, thank you for taking the time. How you doing, man? Man, uh, the power's flickering. The uh, the, the family is uh, is coddled up, and I, I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad, glad to be here, guys. Yeah, well, we, we appreciate you taking the time. I know Dylan's pumped, despite not being a Birds fan. He's filling in for the uh, the honorary Birds fan of the week. Uh, despite being a Saints fan, unfortunately, he has that uh, he has that Philadelphia passion. He has a soft spot for the Eagles, which is weird because I don't have a soft spot. For no, the it's Saints. not. It's, it's not weird. It's uh, as I told Dylan before. We, uh, you know, it's the, the Saints are the farm system for the Eagles, and then when we they are. can't. And they can't afford anything. They're just like, okay, screw it. We're just going to go call Howard. Can you get us out of this jam again? We'll send you a good player. And that's usually how it goes. So, I, I think we talked last week. And Dylan, I know you remember this. You were you were so just over the moon with emotions last week. But I think we talked about how no one in the city limits of New Orleans, the state of Louisiana, wants any more phone conversations and person dialogue, anything with anyone from the Saints. Mr. Howie Roseman, would you would you agree, Dylan? Well, it just seems as though I don't know why Mickey Loomis just keeps picking up the phone. Like these general <laughs> managers know one another and talk to one another on a regular basis. I don't know why Mickey Loomis just keeps. He should literally just send Howie a text and just be like, "If we're golfing, give me a call. If we have anything to do with." draft or players this is more of a text conversation because i don't know if just howie just has a silver tongue to just be like you know we're down in new orleans like let's just hang around jackson square let's see some beignets you know let's take in all the jazz let's not go see a parade you know i don't know what howie does to just persuade mickey loomis to just give away his assets like it's just it's mesmerizing so that's why i'm just like man like stop answering the phone just you know, just be like, hey, if we're on the golf course, we're kicking back, we're having a few brews, you know, we're just hitting some balls. Absolutely, like just we just talk no business there. We just basically just enjoy some no golf. More. But well, tinfoil hat time then, Dylan, because what I really think happens is uh, oh, Howie I love prom- the tinfoil. Go ahead, let's hear it. <laughs> let's hear it, man. I'm I'm all for it. I think Howie and Mickey Loomis actually have a relationship where he'll get them not only past the hump of like getting out of cap hell for that year but then give them a small pass for like another half a season to a year after that and be like, hey, you should really do this, this, this with your assets here. Uh, and because of that, uh, you're going to give us uh, Charlie Garner Johnson. So, uh, you know, it's just stuff like that where it's just, you know, I, I don't think it's that far-fetched that like something of that relationship helps and they're like, you know what? We know how he is going to do a solid by us, and we have to do a solid by him by giving him a really good player that we can't afford right now. And I honestly think that's just it. 
It is, man. It really is because it, it seems like it's a relationship, John, that goes further than just GM to GM. Like it seems like there's a legitimate, like you know, possible friendship there. There where it's like you know, like you said, like hey, I'm just gonna do you a solid. I'm also just gonna give you a good player. Oh, Dylan, <laughs> there's a friendship. <laughs> That's just they the Southern hospitality, sir. That's just that's just the Southern hospitality we have down here. Everyone just uh, gets along. There's just good vibes, and just why not? That's I mean, right. they've done business together, and you know they continue to do business together, and it just seems as though it always just seems the Eagles just always come out on top for them. Works for, works for one side. <laughs> yeah, he's absolutely. One just another I mean, lesson to all the kids out there: oh, well. only own one franchise at a time because it never works out when you own a basketball team and a football team. Oh yeah, see, that, Justin knows where I'm at. Yeah, for real, mm-hmm. it's 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 man. That's especially when it's the same family that owns the franchise as well, because you know you can obviously tell where the Bensons really put their faith faith in. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the Snyders here in Philadelphia owned the Sixers and the Flyers for a very long time, and you could clearly mm. tell they only gave a shit about one. Long live the process, Justin. Uh, <laughs> what um, besides this uh, pesky little uh, silly Saints fan here that like you know wants to pretend that it's in the mix of of, of you know the Super Bowl talk every year? Uh, what what are what are we actually feeling now that Week One is here in your mind? Whew. Yeah, man. So I, and I wanted to talk about this too. It's in week one. It's a big week, big season. But I wanted to talk about the aspect of it, and I try not to get too hype. I try not to feed my hype into the podcast. I try not to pump it on Twitter. I try not to pump it to my friends because I try to live in a land of middle of the road expectations. Oh man. But hear me out. Dylan, hear how me do you out. put up with this? I'm, I'm here and I'm listening. We are not hear starting me. off a relationship with John very no. well. We're start, I will explain it. We are Let lying to this it. man to his face. The year the Eagles won. <laughs> Salute, indeed. <laughs> the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it was such a, to me, a middle-of-the-road expectation type of years. Obviously, Wentz's the second year. We got a hodgepodge of... Veterans who were on one-year deals, besides Alshon Jeffrey. Actually, no, I lied. He signed a one-year deal as well. So how he put together this group of guys? A big off-season, seemingly. Expectations were, we'll see where it goes. We don't know. Wentz's rookie season was, you know, somewhat promising, but it didn't All right, time out, time lot. out, time out. Let's not, I'm going to, oh, here I'm we gonna, go. I'm gonna, here we go. I remember this vividly. See, this is, Howie Roseman might not have said that. But do you remember that Doug Peterson got a load of horse hockey the moment in the offseason when he compared the 96 Super Bowl winning Green Bay roster Mm -hmm. and said, this roster is just as talented, if not better, full quote, than that team. And everyone laughed at it. So I remember. That team knew. I never heard that. That's interesting. and, And by the way, now that we have all this retrospect to look at you see that little son of a bitch down there in in washington with the commanders like that was not a miracle what we saw was not like wow they went on a run and it was magical that locker room even at that time hated carson wentz at least the key players the offensive line alshon jeffrey whatever it is and they said fuck you sit down excuse sorry rob uh but um and 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 like we're going to go win this thing. It also, like, it's not a mistake that they were in the exact same position the very next year. That team was talented, was loaded. Mm-hmm. We were just too, well, some of us were too dumb enough to listen to Doug Peterson and that at the time. And, like, I 
feel as though they're trying to tone that down, uh, thanks mm. to Miles Sanders and his, his silly mouth. But if Nick Sirianni mm. said that this year, unfortunately, there's just nothing to compare it to because he's a little man child that we all love. He's a spicy little Italian meatball, and I still really don't know if he can execute plays on, on game day. But um, I don't know, man. I, I think our expectations might not have been high, but they were very high of themselves. Between Malcolm speaking of former Saints, and that whole team was ready to rumble. And it was just, you know, the whole Doug Peterson speech was like, seven and nine sucks. You guys are better than that. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So, like, that, that is not – and to your point, I don't think that's what's happening this season. I think there, there's a split opinion on what's happening with the quarterback. There's a crazy man that's hanging outside of a gym – all offseason wanting that number one QB spot in Gardner Minshew, and he's still kind of a wild card, and there are people that are keep just throwing his name in there, which I think is weird. Which I And by the I way, I, it makes no sense. We have overshadowed mm-hmm. completely, and this is why I think Justin feels this way, Dylan. You tell me if you feel wrong. Very early in this offseason, Derek Gunn floated something out there like, eh, Jalen Hurts kind of sucked in OTAs in May. You know, it was like, eh. <laughs> you know, and everybody just goes, ah, you're a piece of shit and fuck you and all that other stuff. And everybody's going like, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is so that's, the, I, I, I'm a, John, I'm, I'm completely against the grain. True story. So when Justin first met me, very first met me, he picks me up from the airport for Rob's bachelor party, looks me dead in the face and just be like, so I hear you're a Jalen Hurts believer. And this is like him coming in. <laughs> the very first thing this man ever says to me, just like a hi, hello, nice to meet you. Just be like, so I hear you're a Jalen Hurts believer. Just be like, all right, so Eagles fan, realistic Eagles fan. Here I go. All right, so. <laughs> and it's it's a little bit of the same with like Justin Fields as well. It's just like, all right, well, yes, I'm a Justin Fields believer. It's just I think that Jalen Hurts' situation, kind of like what you were talking about, he just came into a much better ownership group and a little bit much better uh, GM spot. No doubt about it. Justin Fields, it's, bro, it's, I mean, I've already said on this podcast anyway, John, I think the Bears are going to maybe win three games. Maybe. Like just that that the offensive line is just terrible. Well, not only that, they just don't have any playmakers outside of Mooney and uh, Montgomery. And and it's like, all right, well, if you just shut down those, it's like, well, Justin Fields, yeah, he looked great in the preseason, but with all those rollouts and all those expected, you know, get outside the pocket, there's a reason for that. The offensive line is just god-awful. So god-awful that they had to make a claim for Alex Leatherwood. Like, and mm. man, like, I hate it for him though, John, but the, the good news is I'm not a Bears fan or I'm not even a part time Bears fan, part time Eagles fan. So it's much <laughs> easier to ride with Jalen. And also the Albert Breer conversation, how he's basically just saying that he's improved accuracy and that he mm. just has every bit of the traits to want to get better. I mean, John, we've been hearing that ever since he even was in Bama. You know, we've heard all about the progressive talk, the leadership talk, and a little bit of just how he just has the work ethic where, yeah, teammates just vibe well with him, and he just wants to get better. And, you know, now he's basically just taking that to the Eagles and a little bit now of what the roster moves that they made. I mean, they're in win now. They look at the round their division, and, hell, they even look at the NFC and just say, we can do this. Like, yeah. we can legitimately – do this and that's what I keep honing in with um, Justin and Rob just be like y'all you have six starters in one offseason predominantly from the SEC 
And that's where I think this? it's incredible. Dylan needs to come out east. Like, Justin, this is why. All right, go back to your middle. Oh, sir, I, would, no, 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 sir, I wouldn't do well out east. No, no, I, would, I wouldn't do well. Trust me. Trust listen me. to how I sound. No, no. Listen to how I sound. I I'd stick out pretty quickly. <laughs> I want you to go to listen to Buck Reesing out, out in Nashville. I talk to him all the time. He'd be great here. Justin, same thing with you too, buddy. But this is this is, this is is why I don't understand the middle of the road. You hear what Dylan said? Six SEC players, starters, people that have been in championship games, people that have not bleeped around for a very long time in competitive football, right? So, like, that's mm-hmm. anti-Howard. At least that was whatever the mixture of, you know, the Doug. He just went with the Big 12. Yeah, yeah. He just chose the wrong conference. Big 12, Pac-12, don't do that. Oh, unless yeah. you're looking for linemen, stick with the Big 10. Like, they've, they've had a, a pretty good run of that. So, how can you be middle of the road here? That probably means you... Are, I mean, it relies on you're back to the quarterback then, right? That's 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 where you're kind of middle of the road here. Well, so we, we went really off my point. I didn't say I was middle of the road. I said I'm trying to present myself middle of the road. I like uh-huh. to just kind of – I, I want to get by. I don't want to go in because my wife's family is full of Packers fans. So I got to deal with their shit all the time because <laughs> they, you know, they live in their regular season success. I remind them that I've seen the Super Bowl more recently than they have, in which they get very pissed off about. But I try to ride with, yeah, they'll be okay. They'll be okay. I think this team could win 12 games. I think this team, this Philadelphia team could be the number one seed potentially, depending how the rest of the NFC beats the shit out of each other to get to that point eventually. Um, I think, you know, the offseason additions, this to me, besides that Super Bowl year, and maybe even a little bit more than that Super Bowl year, these offseason additions hit me right in the heartstrings from – you know, the little signings to the big signings. To the Kaiser White signing, I loved it. Loved bringing him in. I have, the draft day was an insane roller coaster to me. And, John, I watched your guys' stream. I know how your reactions were. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, see, I was, I was a little bit different than you because I love Jordan Davis. I love Jordan Davis going in. I fully expected Jordan Davis to be on this team. But my heart exploded into just sadness and tears and just everything when Jamison Williams got picked by the mm. Lions. I wanted Jamison Williams and Jordan Davis so damn bad. So bad. So obviously, Jamison gets taken. Jordan Davis is up. We get him. I knew it was coming. I knew we weren't taking a safety in round one. I know Howie to that point. But I was like, okay, you know, Jordan Davis is nice. And then I actually left where I was watching the draft. I'm on my way home. Dylan texts me and goes, the Eagles just got A.J. Brown. I was like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, no, they didn't. And he's like, no, they did. And I was like, I turned off the TV for 30 seconds. Like, no, they didn't. And I look and I was like, holy shit. And I think in that moment was when I was like, this team is going to do things that people don't expect. And I, I truly believe that. I think this team, I will say it to you and I'll say it to Dylan and all of our dear listeners, I will not admit it to my wife's Green Bay loving <laughs> family's damn cheeseheads. This team is going to make a lot of noise, in my opinion. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be very hard to be really bad, I guess. And if they are really bad, that's a good thing. If they're really great, that's an even better. If they're stuck anywhere yeah. between seven and ten wins, it's a disaster. Like that's 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 Agreed. where like you kind of don't want to be. You can stack it on. I'm sure they'll figure it out. But that's kind of like still hanging out here and like. Um, uh, I, I'm I am still the the weird mountain on the pedestal when it comes to the the, the defense. And you mentioned Kaiser White, and like I just kind of like I go, 
I, I, I guess. Like, I, I'm still like very pensive about the uh, the defensive side of the ball, but yet, uh, despite all that, uh, AJ Brown is the linchpin of kind of everything that moved. Uh, it'll figure itself out. There's enough good pieces on that side where like. Uh, Vince Quinn even said this on the last show. I thought it was great. He's been a Jalen Hurts doubter for a very long time, was licking Russell Wilson's body parts up left and right, and like all that's all he wanted here. But he just said he doesn't even have to be that, you know, explosive, that much like whatever we're looking for in a perfect quarterback at every second in this freaking town. Like he's just got to be a little bit better than he was last year, a little more accurate than he was last year. And there's, you know, so many more playmakers to go and help you out. And that's part of football as a young quarterback. And that's something that, like, you know, everyone goes through. Something that I argued all offseason, too, of just, like, when we when the playoffs got done, all we were talking about is, God, I wish the Eagles had somebody like Josh Allen. And, like, the forethought of just throwing that out there and just going, you realize how you have to get Josh Allen, right? Like, you have to bet. And he was the third quarterback in his draft with all the different tools we saw he was complete donkey doo-doo in college there was problems all over the place but you have the right situation the right tools i think doug peterson was a good first floor going into that i think meeting carson wentz was probably not a good idea for his progression and all that but from like where this team was and where he was at that moment we was drafted to where it is now i don't know how people can't see amazing progress from where he was even at Oklahoma and even where he was, uh, you know, with Tua and Alabama and all that stuff. Like every step looks better. We're looking for that big moonshot. And like, I don't want to see a Carson Wentz moonshot here because we all got duped by that. That was exactly what we were saying before. Mm -hmm. That was an offense with analytics that was built for the right time. That was pushing fourth downs. That was doing all these different things with a normal Doug Peterson offense. And, like, it looked like shit two years later. That's not what's happening here. They're building something new. And I even hate to mention this, but, like, Chip Kelly was right nine years ago. And it's what's in the NFL now. Why wouldn't you be adopting exactly what he already showed the Eagles, what Doug Peterson showed Nick Foles to win a Super Bowl, and adapt it even further and further as that's adapted further and further. By the way, that man ran 90 snaps against, uh, I think, some grambling state or whatever over the weekend. And that is something that I foresee in this offense, too. Go back to heavy RPO. It's what you were doing. Go back heavy in the run game. It's where you kind of eventually started. Shane Steichen, I don't really believe in as an offensive coordinator with this group and what his experience is. So I don't foresee too many problems for Jalen Hurts. And he, the one thing that I know specifically about Jalen Hurts and his type of character and those type of people, if he's not talking, things are great. <laughs> and that's what's yeah. best about Hurts since college. You can't tell if he's happy, sad, mad, or whatever. And those people are dangerous because all they do is work, get everybody on board, and the next moment that you see, you're going to see a 12-5 and five season and not understand why. Like, that's really, I think, where all this is leading up to from the offseason for all the other stuff that you just mentioned, Justin. It's just... It's hard not to be excited, and if you do have expectations and it worries you, ah, well, this team already won a Super Bowl. You're not cursing anybody. You're setting the feet and holding them to the fire, what they said on that podium, along with that great speech with Jason Kelsey, which is 
this is not going to be the only one or whatever the hell it was. This is now the new norm and like all this other stuff. Well, guys, it's fucking five years later and it got a lot worse. So this is exactly where this team should be. And 12 wins is the expectation. A top five team in the NFC because it's wide open. Um, let's rock and roll. <laughs> I think that's yeah. where I'm at. No, I, I mean, I, hey, absolutely. And I love, I love the... Uh... The excitement's awesome. It it's doesn't feel it almost feels crazy because if you talk to me and I want to go back to this dark moment. I didn't want to go here, but we gotta go here. And that's during COVID. It's the twenty twenty draft. We're all at our homes. Roger Goodell's in his man cave or whatever the hell he's doing. He's announcing these picks. And in round one, and honestly day two, round two and three, I don't know if I've ever felt lower. That's not true. I probably have felt lower, but I probably pretty damn low in that moment when we take Rager at 20 we take Jalen Hurts round two after giving Carson Wentz a very sizable contract and then I believe we took um the Davion Taylor round three a very premature linebacker who had all but two three years of football experience in his lifetime and I think if you look from there to now it's amazing that we even got here in this offseason, the work how he's done, um, and obviously the right bringing the right guys in, all that stuff is just, you know, it's incredible. But I want to ask you, out of all those additions this offseason, who to you has been will be the most important addition out of this group? It's a lot of good ones, but who's the most? It's important? so boring. I can't I can't get off AJ Brown, guys. Like it's just it's it's incredible. It's the it's, easy answer. For it's sure. the easy answer. But we're not ready for this, man. Like, this is – we did not watch the AFC a lot as Eagles fans. We didn't really pay attention to the Titans fans – or Titans games other outside of our fantasy scores. We know A.J. Brown's a good fantasy score. We know that we want to keep him in the lineup. I mean, guys, this is like a top-tier wide receiver that you got on, on a dime compared to where the market is at. And that's where I'm just going, oh, my God. Like, how – I'm still, like – blown away by the whole thing this man is going to eat up the middle of the fields um, make us wonder if Devonte smith or him or a number one wide receiver just in terms of like what he's able to do um i don't fear anybody in the division at all in terms of their secondary i can't wait for the for for Carr and the dallas cowboys secondary to be completely embarrassed from where they thought they were last year and building up this defense like i don't no one understands how big of a deal this is because this is like T.O. and right there. I mean, that's, it's not much different. Yeah. Oh, and you're getting T.O. leaving San Francisco five years earlier. Holy hell. Yeah. Like, it's just like pretty intense. Again, SEC. <laughs> you know, like, it's just. Yes. They, There's a reason that the mantra is it just means more. And again, that is why Howie has gone to that conference. I'll give you another SEC player who, yeah, you. I mean, yeah, A.J. Brown is a great player to be excited about, but you gentlemen should be excited about Jordan freaking Davis, Whoa. just a behemoth of a man right next to Fletcher Cox, just, you know, having Fletcher just right in his ear, teaching him how to be a great pass rusher and just a dominant force, specifically in the middle. Like that's why Aaron Donald is so great, just because of the, the disruptive force that he is with centers and guards. 
well, you're going to need a center and guard, if not a center guard, and maybe even the other guard to really block Jordan Davis just because of how freaking big he is. We saw it in the and preseason. You, well, not only that. Out. Well, yeah. Well, not only that. Like you actually got um, you know, you got Javon Hargrave as well, and you know, you still have actually just like reliable pass rushers. And who I also love is also just his teammate that you got from George or from George and Nicobe Dean, who from what I'm reading is having a really good camp as well. So I mean, you have again, it just means more how he dips into the SEC and thinks, man, these guys are just they're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger, they're elite playmakers, like that. Like, let's go ahead and just go. And uh, we were talking about in our group text earlier, John, it just seems as though it's like, all right, well, you know, Lord forbid if Jalen can't get it done, there's assets and ammunition to get better and get better quick, especially with the quarterbacks that are coming into college and especially now that you don't have to really pay them anything. They're basically playing for peanuts. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, again, like that's even more flexibility, especially with the cap or cap or a salary cap era to also have a good bit of a team building asset as well. So it just, it, the Eagles are definitely set up for now and for future just because mm -hmm. of just the bold moves, just that Howie is willing to make. And it, I mean, it's tremendous. It, just from now me personally, John, I like, I like learning about the business aspect of football. I understand that football is great and I, I get that. That's tremendous. But me, I like to learn about front office moves, financial moves, salary cap moves, uh, executive VP moves, scouting moves, regions, like all, like I'm a, I'm a recruiting nerd. Like I follow recruiting just because of how beloved it is in the SEC. Like I follow all that like, you know, nerd analysis, right. but I mean it just there's a reason for that because it all literally has a cause and effect matter to it to where it has, you know, this is why this is and then pretty much, you know, at the end of the day, this is why we make this move. And especially in the NFL, it's a swing big move. Like, you know, you mm -hmm. get the reward for making big moves. The Rams are literally built on big moves. And the Eagles are probably trying to take a little bit of that philosophy. Whereas, hey, if we got the quarterback and if we got the roster, fuck, let's make some moves. Like, and especially if we're not paying the quarterback, what do we really have right. to lose? Like, who are we also really paying That's the as recipe. Well? The recipe for success in the NFL is quarterback on a low money contract in a and weaker weapons. schedule. Weapons. Weapons is good too. But the weak schedule plus the cheap quarterback is huge. That's how the Eagles got it done. We played, I believe, a last place schedule that year. Carson Wentz was on his rookie deal still. Then you have Nick Foles obviously coming in, very cheap deal as well. Um, but we have the same thing right now. A very, very weak, easy schedule, one of the easiest in the league, plus a very cheap quarterback that we can build up around him. So it's it's exciting. It's an exciting time. That's for Dan. Vibes are high in Philly right oh, now, yeah. as they should and be. The, uh, oh, the, the, the crazy part about you know that is they're also set up for – a QB cycle, and and I that's why I wouldn't even wait for any one of these guys in the draft. Like, I I know it's I, generational. Are we missing out on CJ? Maybe are we missing out on you know any one of these guys that's going to probably pop up in November and December? Somebody somebody always tends to do that. Say, John, we still got yeah. the season to yeah. play out. There's going to be those underrated people that we don't even know right now that we'll definitely know by yep. the end, like, especially around Christmas time. We'll definitely know but, by. Uh, I tell you what, Lamar Jackson being his own agent's pretty freaking sweet right now with his own <laughs> setup too, because like all due respect to Jalen Hurts, and I said this on our show as well, but like 
Put that tinfoil hat back on, John. Let's let, let's let, let's put it back on. Let's, let's, uh, let's, I mean, hey, first round picks mean a lot, specifically to the Ravens. Specifically to the Ravens, they mean a lot to the Ravens. Just from a from a business point, I do know what you. Yeah, let's put that tinfoil back I had on, John. I'm right there well, with you, right. brother. It's it's just like if Lamar's there, give give the Ravens the picks. Don't think twice about it. Give everything to them and just say, you know, good luck. We'll see you down the line. Uh, originally, we helped you out by even getting Lamar Jackson, by getting you back into yep. the first round. Yep. Like, let's make a deal here. You know we're fair on this. Like, I, I could totally see that as a possibility, and I would much rather that situation than even trying to go through the Russell Wilson route from this past offseason. Now the fact that he's basically signed to Walmart for the rest of his life is also a good reason why I don't want him here, too. But, like, yeah. um, <laughs> the um, I think it's um, – trust me, I, I, I know – Eagles Twitter specifically isn't really thinking that way because we're all hepped up on this. But like, guys, that's your that's your blue big whale. Like, if Lamar is at all flirting with walking away and they want to trade him, you're an NFC team that already puts you ahead of the pack. It's just a matter of if Lamar wants to come hang out and like moving from Baltimore to Philly doesn't seem that hard. Uh, to did it before. It's speaking of that drive. too, so. <laughs> I mean, he's got that deadline that starts, you know, the moment the Bills-Rams game start. That's apparently that's his like self-proclaimed deadline when the season starts and the con- contract negotiations stop. There's been reports that the Ravens are trying to make like a little last-ditch effort to be like, hey, go ahead and sign mm-hmm. this before. But if I, I mean, you know, speaking from Lamar Jackson, it's just like, bro, why are you still practicing? Like, <laughs> like just like, I mean, I get it that like I get it that you love the team and I get that, but like, bro, like. You're flirting with some generational style money, and if the yeah, if the Eagles have the assets to give away first round picks and maybe even oh, some sure players, it, well, I mean, yeah, for sure, it's like hey, and Thank Lamar can come through. For, <laughs> let the good times roll. That's everything. <laughs> let the good times roll. But if you have that, you know, simply just with uh, with Lamar coming to Philly. I mean, who knows? He may even be willing to take less because, I mean, he looks around and it's just like, well, I have A.J. Brown. Like, I had a dominant mm-hmm. tight end and Mark Andrews, but it's like, you know, Dallas Goddard, that, that's no one to sleep on. And, that's you know, again, like you have, uh, you know, the Slim Reaper and, you know, you have running backs, you have an offensive line and you have a defensive line and you have young ascending playmakers to where it's like, hey, man, like you came into a veteran locker room. Well, now you get to be the one that kind of like brings everyone along. It's kind of like that uh, that Ninja Turtles yeah. gif where you know you have Splinter bringing along every bit of the turtles, and then yeah. eventually you have them bringing him along. So it's almost where it's like Lamar Jackson can come through and simply just you know take all these young nucleus players around with the Philadelphia Eagles and just be like, hey guys, let's ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like <laughs> you know, I didn't think it was possible AJ Brown would be here. So, like, I think everything is possible now, depending on if it's if you need to write a parachute. Justin down. did. Oh, I, I spoke that into existence. He, he really did, John. Like, <laughs> it, it's stupid, months, the timeline. Months. Like, if you look at our podcast timeline, it's stupid. Like, th- this man was Nostradamus I'm, for a moment. It, it I didn't was, think he'd be available. How I really didn't. I didn't believe that. I, I thought Debo was, was actually Me available. Either. And I just like, ah, AJ's just screwing <laughs> around. Yeah. It, well... On, on our pod, I jokingly – so Dylan lives in Nashville, as you know. But I jokingly said, like, oh, breaking news. My source from Nashville saw Howie, you know, at a luxury hotel. It was all this bullshit. I was just obviously messing around, clipped it to put it on TikTok just to see if it would get some get some bullshit buzz. But literally it was what? The, the next week was the draft and that Within happened. Within the next like, week yeah, or week, week and a half, it happened. And it's <laughs> just like, oh, my God. Like, that's why I, like, instantly texted you. I was just like – Hey man, like this really happened. Like this is great for the pod. Like this, is, like the, the shit. This 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 kind of shit. Great we yeah. Like, 
Oh yeah, great for the Eagles, of course. When we were just like, hey, for yeah. a little selfish moment, I'm like, hey, this is great for the podcast. Like, no, come on, we all think let's, it. Let's put it to that. Take hits and like it's breaking. <laughs> can, you're just like, fuck it. Thank you, John. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. Like, I mean, it builds the credibility. But yeah, you're. I mean, people watch us because we're entertaining. Oh, yeah. We have elite personalities. And but yeah, like you said, like when a source, you know, especially like you give it to you, and especially if it hits, it's just like. <laughs> Boom! Pretty good. I'm think yep. I kind of know like, what I'm doing. And then the next next this, next right week, uh, you're being called a, a, a Kermit MF or something or other, and like it's just the cycle <laughs> everything, of, of everything. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's that's social media for you, man. By but Steve I, and all six of his followers. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's, let's let's hear his, Steve's opinion. His egg profile picture. Um, so I I have an interesting question for you. Dylan doesn't like this question, but I want to I want to ask it anyway. <laughs> Six point five inches. Here we go. Right. What's, what's, I mean, <laughs> at least, at least, at least. What yeah. a good They're not one. all home runs. You just got to get on base Listen, every yeah, now and then. Exactly. <laughs> so if you could, choose, sorry, Justin. If you could go back. No, you're good, man. You're, you're good. If you could go back and you could go that fateful night, 2020, when you're in your house, probably or wherever, I'd probably weren't yeah, public yeah. given yeah. the times. Nah, if you could take. Going. If you could take Justin Jefferson over Rager, obviously that sounds logical within this context. You could go that route and not know where this team ends up right now, or you could stick with where we are. You take the miss pick as Howie now has admitted. Thank you, Howie. We all knew that. If you could stick with this roster as is, which would you choose? Jefferson, now, the unknown, or now. current? Because uh, Howie Roseman didn't make Thank that you. pick, fellas. That's my theory. Yeah, uh, here's here's been my other theory this entire yeah. offseason, which I think has gone entirely under notice because this is how good the Eagles PR is. Howie Roseman fired everybody this offseason. And everybody's just looking at it and being like, oh, yeah, everybody got j- – d- no way, dude. Tom Donahoe, uh, Tom, Tom Donahoe, the guy that is that is pissed off at the uh, – uh, oh, my God, it's totally blanking. No but, yeah, Williams. thank you. The, the, Willi- the no Williams, Williams pick in the third round, gone. Uh, you know, uh, Andy Wide- uh, uh, Waddell is is not just like taking the second seat, a lateral position with the Steelers job. No way, no way. Like uh, the other guys that went to Minnesota, Chicago, New York. Like this is the Belichick style here of like I don't need you. I've either gotten your ideas, my analytical department knows where you're going, or I severely disagree with you. And I think that's what was. I heard him, I think he was on IP today, right? And saying, like, I made that mistake with, with Angelo. Yep. That, right, that's where we learned it from. So that, that's, um, that, I think, is just an acknowledgement because here's my other thing. Like, Jalen Rager going to Minnesota and J-Jaw going to Seattle, that's not by <laughs> mistake. There is no way that is by mistake. There, like... You're standing next to DK Metcalf and you're standing next to Justin Jefferson. That is a message to somebody in the organization that you screwed up. This is my show now. And look, I've got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, all these SEC players. Listen to me next Thank time. You. And that's exactly Thank what you. Howie Roseman did this offseason. And this is just a, a part of that. Like someone, I'm, I'm putting that on Andy or Doug Peterson drafted Jalen Rager because they were talking so much that era, that ecosystem coming off of the mm-hmm. Douglas thing, really about traits and looking for things to replace something. What can replace Deshaun Jackson? I know Mike Wallace. What can replace, you know, Torrey Smith? It was always like that thing, that burner. So 
the next right. burner. And yeah. The next now burner. they've c- completely gone away from that. They went like they developed uh, as soon as that whole era of, uh, of, of Dickerson and, and like the fast, everything fast linemen, fast wide receivers, fast. It, mm-hmm. it shifted it. Like I think that's when Howie goes, Nope, we're going to do it my way. Um, stop picking Pac-12 wide receivers and like, just trust me here. So I think it was a major overhaul. And I don't give Howie Roseman complete credit here. He is notorious for sucking up and disregarding. So, like, I I think the Eagles have built something so incredibly powerful that it's just, it'll help you get hired, it'll help you get jobs, but you are not going to stay here. (laughs) Ah, this is my my show. So I don't think you'll ever see that ever again. I think this is where, where it lies. Nick Sirianni stays at one level. Uh, they tried it with Doug. They unfortunately won a Super Bowl too quickly. And uh, I would not want Justin Jefferson here, even though he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And it really sucks every time that I see him. Although I'm retiring DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson's name from my mouth for very, forever because AJ Brown's here and so is Devontae Smith. I think it's so fair. I don't care anymore. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah, you. I absolutely. was simply letting Rob and Justin know. It's like, all right, well, even just like what you said, like just the fact that Howie even owns up to this mistake. Like we were literally just looking for outside and, uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, potential. And they looked at Justin Jefferson as literally just a slot receiver that just happened to be on an elite offense. And Big mistake. Yeah, well, I mean, again, like he just chose the wrong conference. And even the very next pick with Jalen Hurts, and yeah, he started at the SEC, but he finished at the Big 12. Again, just Howie is just basically just owning up and just, at, again, it all boils down to I just chose the wrong conference. Now I'm choosing the more physical conference. And, John, that's where you're kind of just getting to. It's like we're going to get away from this philosophy. Like it's almost like kind of like when the Warriors uh, took – Steph Curry, mm-hmm. and where they just kind of knew that, okay, the league is going to shooting, so we need to get shooting. We have Monte Ellis on our team, great player, not that great of a shooter. Mm-hmm. We're going to go with shooting, the rest is history. This is an Eagles, yeah. like, simply just going from a philosophical shift and simply going with, we're going to go away from outside burners, and we're going to go away from speed, 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 speed. We're going to go to physicality. We're going to go to in the trenches. Like, right now, it's really hard to look around the league and just think, there's a. It's really hard to have a offensive and defensive line that's above yeah. Philadelphia because you can make the argument that both of them are top five, maybe even oh, top yeah. three in their respective groups. Well, and as Justin, well. think about this, man. To Dylan's point, like, would you run anything that this Eagles offense was doing five years ago? Because I wouldn't. No, you couldn't. It's crazy how no, fast that no. moves. That's couldn't five happen. Five years ago, this was a Super Bowl winning, structured, schematic something. And now it's irrelevant. And they're still going to run it in Jacksonville, which I think is hilarious. But, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I don't. Better than last year. Is, will it be? Yes, because you have an adult. Yeah, well, that's, you yeah, have. From, from wins and losses, it's it hard to be, be worse. Hard. It's pretty hard to beat that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we loved it, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> Talking points week in and week out. For you, sure. would you? I'm guessing you wouldn't trade it either, Justin. You would just stick with the current course. Yeah, I would. I think it's a little bit tougher. Um, I was talking to Rob about this on the phone earlier because I was like, it's not – it's tricky because Justin Jefferson is seemingly generational at this point. He's a top five receiver in everybody's eyes for the most part. He's going to be the guy for a long time. But one thing that holds me up with it was would he have been the guy in Philadelphia if they made the right pick on that draft night? Yes, he would have. (laughs) <laughs> you, we, we talked about this last week. I truly, because of how dysfunctional 
we were as a team. Obviously, the Wentz situation, who seemingly at the time, Wentz didn't give a shit or care to help anybody but himself. And to me, yeah. I'm not saying Jefferson would have been bad. I'm ne- I would never say he would have been bad. I don't know if he would be the guy he is right now in going to his year three season if he was drafted by us that year. So that's, I, I, it's tough. And that's, good, I don't say that as easily. Good, probably not. Like, but I mean, um, man, y'all just it, didn't have a mentor wide receiver like Adam Thielen. That yeah, helps. in in. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think I, – I know he gets a ton of praise nationally. I just don't think Kirk Cousins is that much better than Carson Wentz, even if it's just like, man, yeah. yes, he's way more he's accurate. He's not an asshole. Like, he'll get the ball out faster. Don't disagree with that at all. I just – I think he – I think Justin Jefferson would have been – that's what I mean. If Justin Jefferson's here, it extends Doug and Carson's lifeline. I think it's, a, it's such a great yes. thing that it didn't that's happen. That's true. So, thank God whoever yeah. screwed that up. probably right. <laughs> In the long run. Hey, well, yeah. <laughs> in, in the long run, the grand scheme of things, it's it's worked out. We don't have to talk about Jalen Rager anymore. We don't have to talk about J. Jaw anymore. All those things that we got shit on, which every— Y'all are SEC people now. Thing. Welcome. <laughs> hey, Welcome. Hey, hey, wasn't, make sure wasn't you— that we weren't. It was just somebody—the uh, t- the top 12 in our front office seemed to, like, not be a fan of it for some reason, so— yeah. Oh, it's okay. Y'all are gonna watch a little more college football than you anticipate now since you SEC people. <laughs> hey, Big Ten helps. for life. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, John, hey. John. You, I, I'm loving Big Ten money. You know, I'm loving Big Ten. That's I, I'm all for that as well. <laughs> John John roots for a team that forgot how to score touchdowns yep. this week. Um, they scored four points uh, from the defense. Phase baby. of three or two, three, three. <laughs> it was or two, two. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was tight end, like, I the real tight end university. Yep. I watched that whole game, unfortunately, just like hoping for a touchdown. I was literally doing housework. My wife and son were out of the house, and I'm doing backsplash and shit. I'm like, what game <laughs> would be as boring as me putting up backsplash? And I, that was Iowa, the one, South Dakota That State was the game I watched. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was it was a baseball one. score. It was, it was incredible. It sure was. Uh, the Field of Dreams scores are higher and, than that And score. that's what I – I, I just want to remind everyone that's an Eagles fan that if you ever, ever, if the words that come out of your mouth is, I wish we ran the ball more or I wish we just had a defense, <laughs> I want you to turn on Iowa on Saturdays because that's really what you're asking for. And that is not fun. Please fire Kirk Ferentz for the 10th year in a row. Please hire Chip Kelly. Thank you for <laughs> my coming to my TED Talk. Fellas uh, – Anything else, Eagles-wise, I'm so sorry to uh, distract us from, uh, from oh, all Oh, no, that you're stuff. good. Hey, but I got, I got like, That's five. That's just what we do, John. Like, we just roll through <laughs> it. I got, like, five rapid-fire questions for you. I just need one word, one Hell name. Yeah. Let's do it. Are you ready? All right, let's do this. Leader in receptions. Ooh. For the Eagles, that is. This is uh, just for the wide receivers or the whole team? AJ whole team. Brown. Leader in receiving yards. A tie between Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Let's go, <laughs> D.G. Love. D.G. Love, that's what I'm waiting on because he's going to feast in the middle. You Now that you'll have outside perimeter threats like Dallas Goddard is going to – and he's a part of the oh, you know, t- the tight end university that comes mm-hmm. here to Nashville for George Kittle. Like he's – man, people are sleeping on Dallas Goddard, I swear. Uh, 900, yeah, 900, absolutely. 900, something like that. I feel that vibe. All right. All right. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And that's just with him um, being the primary target. Now that man's about to just. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Next one, leader in sacks. Ooh, tough one. 
Um, Nakobe Dean. Yeah. I okay. think he is. Uh, okay. I feel like they're trying to make their linebackers the sack, the finishers, more or less. Yes. So they bring everybody Agreed. else. Agreed. Yeah. Basically, just run George's defense. Y'all's Jonathan Vilma. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Y'all's Jonathan Vilma. Enjoy another Saints uh, farm factory product. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Jalen's passing yard total, just passing yards. Yards don't matter. Score touchdowns, just mm, that's that's a cop out. Okay, passing All right. touchdowns. Scare what's money don't make touchdowns? no money. Yeah, what's them touchdowns in? What's his total touchdowns in? Thirty-seven <laughs> touchdowns total. Aaron, Aaron right. that's that's a good number. Ten interceptions. Yep, I like that. MVP chatter. Okay. Chatter. Yep, I like that. And to, to compliment the MVP chatter, what is your final prediction for regular season record and how far they go? Um, I'll give you both. So best case scenario, I think they're twelve and five, sitting in the NFC Championship mm-hmm. game, and probably can get in there if they're relatively healthy. Healthy slash have a little luck slash the depth is way better than we thought. Um, worst case scenario. I think there's a seven to eight win team, uh, and we're firing the coach or quarterback, and unfortunately, probably hanging out to with Jonathan Gannon for one more year on top of that too. So, I, I and trust me, this is like the easiest thing in the world to do. If the worst case scenario happens, is to look at the quarterback and say, "Okay, let's move on." But yep. I really am still very skeptical of all of the offensive play callers and philosophically I don't know what you do yet and it feels like you really hung on to Stoutland last year and his run game and yes he was a run game coordinator and yes he continues to be that that was the best things that worked so like you're 37 going on 38 the t-shirts are really cute and the pandering's really nice but uh I don't know. Like I would, I would, I would think it's more of a Nick Sirianni problem than a Jalen Hurts problem because it'd be really hard. It's just so hard to screw this up. Even if you think yeah, Jalen Hurts is I limited, agree. it's so hard to screw this up. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, oh, my last question. This yes. is my last question. I promise, and then we we will wrap this thing. Worst pick, Jay Jaw Rager. Last time you ever to say their names, Rager, Rager. It's not even close. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. first yeah. round. This yep. there's there's yeah. the Agreed. typical 100%. stupid response of like everybody passed on DK Metcalf. Like well, still doesn't make it right. Uh, yeah, but like Justin Jefferson's pretty generational miss. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yes. egg on all of our Agreed. faces, including this one who even before he was an Eagle said take Rager because bet on the athleticism I thought it was Joe Brady and I thought it was Joe Burrow and I just wasn't buying the whole thing oopsie doozies <laughs> it was actually hey, it wasn't just y'all it was happen. 20 other franchises <laughs> well, if it, yes, hey, it wasn't just y'all if they knew that Justin Jefferson was going to be this he'd be a top three oh, yeah. if not one of the him it'd be Joe Burrow and then Justin Jefferson would be right after like yeah. if they're yeah, so absolutely. good it made uh, us think Ed Odron had like a rebirth as a coach so changed his life <laughs> Changed his life. Yeah. He, John, he is now national championship winning Eddie O. That is what he should yeah. introduce himself to. Yeah, go Tigers. <laughs> he, cha- he changed their life. He, he, or Absolutely. they changed his yep. life. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, listen, John, man, we really appreciate you taking the time through all the technical bullshit that we had to deal with to get to hey. this point to have this interview. It was a blast. I told man. Dylan I enjoyed I, having the you first on. biggest interview I ever did with, with Shio Kapadia. 
And it was like the best interview ever, 40-something odd minutes. And the moment I hit stop, it completely like, corrupted in a race. So I was like, yeah. Well, fingers crossed <laughs> on this one. It does not happen. If not, it was a but great like conversation. But like I said, we appreciate you we'll coming remember on, this man. moment. Yeah. Phenomenal conversation. A- absolutely. We, I will tell my grandkids about it yes. for sure if it does not save. But I'm about again, to tell my girlfriend you about it, so it's still going to be alive. <laughs> She'll know at least. But again, uh, we appreciate you, everybody, listeners. Check out John on Twitter at John Barcher. Check out his podcast on Twitter at Bell and the Bird. It is the Bell and the Birdman show. He is a great, great listener. He's a great follow for all your Eagles insight and obviously um, fun filled Iowa takes, too. So, John, again, we appreciate it. Listeners, as always, go birds. Go birds. Who that?